Well, today, the message is, in everything, everything in me says thank you. <laughs> everything in me says thank you. Well, <laughs> how do you show appreciation? How do you say thank you? If you watch the commercials on TV, your, your wife can buy you a new car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't get any amens from the men. So anyhow, uh, but, you know, women, they like diamonds, you know, jewelry. But aside from that, what is it, how is it that we say thank you? Do we do it verbally? Are we, you know, when a waitress, waiter, whomever is waiting, do you say thank you when they serve you? When somebody opens the door for you, does you say thank you? You know, or do you give, you know, do you say thank you with gifts? You know, things you would buy at the store, wrap them up and give them, or just the gift of your presence. How about working, working for someone? You know, when I was growing up, it was always work, you know, do something. If you want, if you want to show your appreciation, do something, okay? So there's doing. There's money, you know, you, tra- you exchange uh, money for hours, you know, cash. How about gift cards? You know, if you've been to Giant Eagle, there's hundreds of gift cards that you can buy, and it's become quite a, quite a business because how many people give the gift cards and they don't use them, or how many have found gift cards years later? <laughs> I just think of all the money they made off of that gift card. So... It's interesting how that we might show appreciation. But, you know, some would say, it's not the gift that counts, it's the thought. Well, if you have a thought and you don't, you don't say it, it's a wasted thought. <laughs> it never gets anywhere, and if you don't give it to someone, what good does it do? There was this uh, couple, I remember, and they were a young married couple, and after, you know, a couple of months, um, she was convinced that her husband didn't love her anymore. And the marriage was over, and everything was completely gone, and, you know, she couldn't discuss it. And so finally they went to a counselor, and whenever they were there, and and he says, okay, how is it that you know he doesn't love you? And she said, he doesn't open the car door for me anymore. I said, what? He doesn't open the car door for me. Well, he explains why I did while we were courting, and I did after we got married. I didn't know I had to do it for the rest of my life. You know, and she says, my dad always opened the door for my mother all of their married life, and that was the way he showed that he loved her. Oh, <laughs> you, you, let, you didn't tell me that part. Well, you see, people have different ways of showing appreciation. People have different ways of accepting appreciation. And often we, you know, when people feel like they're unappreciated, it's generally because what we're giving isn't what they're receiving. You know, I always say that whenever you're sending out a radio signal on a certain channel and the person that is receiving it doesn't receive it the way you sent it out, something happened in the the way, you know? Something got in the way. And so in our lives, how do we say thank you to God? You see, this should be our number one, number one priority is to say thank you to God. And everything in me says thank you. Thank you to God. So 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and this is not my text, but just leading up to this text this afternoon, 
And the number one thing is, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now that's a real challenge. In everything give thanks. <laughs> well, I'm not thankful for everything. Well, the Bible's not telling us that God initiates everything. God can take everything to a conclusion. <laughs> In everything give thanks means that we have a trust in God uh, that he is capable of working everything out to the good. But we have to start by thanksgiving because in thanksgiving, what happens? We change our attitude and approach. When everything we see is difficult, when everything we look at is, is wrong, what, is our, what are our thoughts? This went wrong, that went wrong, who? You know, everything is on the wrong side of life. But we find that when everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, God has a way of bringing us around to who he wants us to be. <laughs> and he is able, song we just sang, he's able to make us more than what he, you know, he wants, what he wants us to be, he is able to make us and bring us to that point. So giving thanks is honoring God. Giving thanks is a way of praising God. Giving thanks is letting Jesus know we trust him. We trust him. See, how do we convince God? Now, we can't convince God. He knows our thoughts and intents of the heart. But how, it's like we have to, it has to come from our heart. Our heart has to be in alignment with what we are saying. You know, we've all heard people say things and, you know, we know their heart wasn't in it. But God wants our heart to be in it because our heart is part of our trust, our soul. Our eternal life is in Christ. So let's begin by being upfront with God. Psalm 138. And I read, I'll read two different versions of, of, the, of the verses as we go through them. Um, psalm 138, a psalm of David. David wrote this. He says, I will praise you with my whole heart, or I thank you. Everything in me says Thank you. Guess where I got the title from? <laughs> Everything in me says thank you. Angels listen as I sing the, my thanks. You see, before the gods of this earth, I will sing my thanks. And it's, the expression there is not like there are uh, gods of the earth. The expression is all the kings of the earth, all of the Im so-called important leaders of the earth will hear that I am thanking you, God. So David, king of Israel, built up, the, you know, built the nation, and all the kings around uh, Israel knew what God had done. And said, David is saying, they're all going to say thank you. They're going to, say, they're going to know that the God Jehovah is who brought me to this place in time. Verse two. I'll repeat verse one. Thank you. Everything in me says thank you. I kneel in worship, facing your holy temple, and say it again. Thank you. The King James Version says, I will worship toward your holy temple. Praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. David is saying, I will turn my attention toward you. So there are many things that clamor for our attention. And David is saying, I will turn my attention. I will, I will stop I will pause, I will make effort to turn my attention towards God. It's a deliberate action. 
It's not a passing thought. It is a deliberate action. I will look in your direction. I will focus on no one but you. And I will say thank you. I will say thank you. You have magnified the promises that you have made in my life. You know, David is shepherd, boy. You know, if, if we want to have um, a, a humble beginning, a humiliating experience, can you imagine David and his family? He's this boy, and uh, the prophet shows up to anoint someone in his family as the future king of Israel. And, and your father forgets to call you in. <laughs> he brings all the brothers in before Samuel, and here they are, Samuel, these are my sons. And, and Samuel goes to anoint them and anoint them, and anoint, none of them are it. And Samuel says, do you have another one? Oh, yeah, but he's, this, he's, that, he's the ruddy kid out there <laughs> watching sheep. You know, he's not as big and good as his brothers. And Samuel says, bring him in. And he was chosen by Samuel and anointed the, few, the next king of Israel. You see, so when David is turning his attention towards God and he's saying thank you, he knows how far he has come. From his days of fighting, <laughs> taking down Goliath to his days of running for his life from King Saul. He knows where he has come from, and he knows that God has brought him to this place. And he says, your promises have made me more than fulfilled. Your promises have made me more than fulfilled. <laughs> I think nothing is more unfulfilling than empty promises. But David says, God's promises have made me fulfilled. <laughs> he declares that Jehovah's name God's name, his reputation, his honor, all of that is at stake. When God gives to us, gives in the scriptures a promise, like in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. When God gives us that promise, his name is at stake. His reputation is at stake. He, the creator of the universe, puts his name on a promise and he stamps it on our image in our heart our spiritual enemy, and we then are called to turn our face to him and believe that his promise is for me. <laughs> David declares that God uh, has done and it goes even beyond what he has even expected. Goes beyond what he has expected. <laughs> God brought him from such a lowly place. He's out in the He's out in the field watching sheep and using his sling, takes on the lion and the bear, saves his, saves his sheep. Who knows it? Who's there to watch him? No one. He just does it because he's a shepherd. And as a child, he knew the responsibility of taking on the enemy of his sheep. As a king, he knows about taking on the enemy of God. Verse 2, thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. <laughs> In Lamentations, he says, because, verse, uh, Lamentations 3, 22, because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. 
Because of God's faithful love, we don't perish. And verse 23 says, They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. Your mercies never end, they are renewed every morning. Because of the faithfulness, there, here again is that stamp. <laughs> you ever have to get, I had to get uh, something notarized the other day. And you walk into the notary office and she takes out her, in this case it was a lady, she takes out her stamp and, and that makes it official. <laughs> God puts a stamp on the promise to our life. His mercies never end. Mercies is that God's loving compassion and care for us, his mercy never ends. And guess what? They are new every morning. <laughs> Where would we be without the faithfulness of God? Where would, he, where would we be without his character? Understanding the character of God, that he was willing to die for our sins before the world was ever created. He knew he gave himself to die for the sins of humanity. If I knew all that was happening, I wouldn't have created it. <laughs> you know, I'd have found a better way, you know. But Jesus... Because of the Lord's faithful love. He loved us so much, he doesn't want to spend eternity without you. <laughs> God loves us so much, he does not want to spend an eternity without you. So he extends his mercies to us. Every morning they are renewed. And verse 21 of, the, of, of Lamentations says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. I have hope because I wake up every morning knowing that the mercies of God are renewed. There is a hope that is ongoing in my life. Bad things are as it is. <laughs> bad things are as bad as they are, but they could be worse. But you see, God's compassions fail not. They are fresh every morning. What a contrast. God things, God things never perish. Earthly things perish. Landfill is full of them. <laughs> the recycle bin is full of them. And you see, earthly things perish. But you see, God, there is power in his name. So we find that whenever we pray, we're not just in my name, we're praying in God's name. There is power in his name. There is spiritual power. There is physical power. There is eternal power. There is power... <laughs> beyond power. In the name of Jesus Christ, he spoke the world into existence, and so he speaks his word into our heart. I think of the old chorus that used to sing, his love has no limit, his grace has no measure, his power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Out of his infinite riches. <laughs> I think of the old, the old illustration of a pie. You know, if, you know, my mom would bake pies and sometimes my aunt would come and, and visit. And she didn't want a piece, she just wanted a sliver. Before she left, there was no pie. She had just slivered the whole thing away. And then she'd say, oh, I'm sorry, you know. But she just slivered it away. I don't want it, just a sliver. Well, we find that out of his infinite riches, there is no emptiness. 
His riches, no. They have no end. They are bountiful. They are eternal. There's no, there's no coming to an end of his riches. Verse 2, most holy is your name. Most holy is your word. Entering into his holiness burns away the selfish requests. You see, mentioned in Sunday school, there's a difference between my spirit, God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the evil spirit. There's a difference. And it is challenging for us to know the difference. What is me? What is God? What is the devil? And we have those influences in our life, and we have to know what they are. And in our prayers, as we enter into his presence, we pray and we ask for only what is of God to be part of who I am. Only what is of God, that he will burn away the, 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 the dross, he will burn away the requests that are not of his name. I think of the old illustration where the guy comes, comes, he's coming to heaven and he's got all of the things in his life he's dragging along here in carts. He's pulling them in. But he's got to go through this tunnel. You know, he's got to go through this entryway before he goes into heaven. And so he's bringing it in and he enters into this entryway. And while he's in there, there is the fire of God's holiness that comes and finds out that only what was done for Christ will make it through. All the rest disappeared. So we find that in our life, his name is sacred. When we speak the name of Jesus, we must recognize that it is sacred. It is holy. To curse the name of Jesus will bring damnation to our body and soul. And to use the name of Jesus to curse another, well... I don't have a theology for it, but I believe that it brings that curse back upon your own head, their own head. Because most holy is the name, Jesus. In the scriptures, we find the blind see, the lame walk. Water is turned to wine. You know, people are healed, restored, and there's a truth that comes to them that changes them from the inside out. No man comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to God except through Jesus Christ. So the name of Jesus is sacred. It is holy. Verse 3, the moment I called out, you stepped in. You made my life large with strength. In the day when I cried, you answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. We know that hope is never lost. When we pray and when we reach out to God, our soul is strengthened. Our, our, our life is encouraged. You see, the, the promptness of your answer, I did not finish my prayer and the answer came. You see, God knows what we have need of even before we ask. But the asking is our expression of faith. Our asking is an expression of trust. You gave me understanding that my prayer was accepted. You give to me something that helps me be aware. I am accepted. My prayers are accepted. God hears me when I pray. You see, sometimes there is the answer that is immediate, without delay, like Moses at the Red Sea. Stretch out your hand and the Red Sea parts. Jesus turning water into wine. You know, just serve what you've put in the, in the container. And then there is 
the promise of Jesus coming back again. The trump of God shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. That is a promise. It isn't fulfilled yet, but it is coming. Verse 4. When they hear that you have to say, when they hear what you have to say, God, all earth's kings will say, thank you. All the kings of the earth shall praise you. All of the nobles, the people, (laughs) it would be hard to imagine that all the people of the earth, the kings of the earth will say thank you to God. But you understand, there is something more to this life that we are living than just existing. And the people of this, (laughs) this planet, those who make decisions and that affect all of us, God is there and they cannot do anything outside of what he will permit. But they have their free reign, but they will all be called into account. Revelation eleven fifteen. the seventh angel sounded his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven which said, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. You know, the Messiah, the the. the Easter cantata, excuse me, the Christmas cantata. You know, he will reign forever and ever. He he has come to fulfill that which he was promised, which he has promised. The kings of the earth shall give thanks. Psalm 102, it says, So the nations will fear the name of the Lord. All the kings of the earth will see his glory. For the Lord has built up Zion. He has appeared in his glory. He has regarded the prayer of the destitute and has not despised their prayer. (laughs) This will be written for the generations to come that the people yet to be created may praise the Lord. (laughs) The people yet to be created. We find that that is you and I. You and I are the answer to that prophecy that David wrote, that the people yet to be created will praise his name. Verse 5, they will sing of what you've done. How great the glory of God. They sing in the ways of the Lord. You are the way. When there seems to be no way, you are the way maker. Verse 6 says, and here's why. God, high above, sees far below. No matter the distance, he knows everything about us. We would think, whoa, He knows all about us. Well, he knows all about us, and he loves us. His desire is not to kick us out of the kingdom, but to bring us in. The Lord is nigh. The Lord regards the lowly. He regards the people who will call after him, who will call upon him. Jesus never loses sight of us. He never loses sight of who we are. He never loses sight as to where we are. Psalm 1, 6 says, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. So God is looking over our life. God is guiding us. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. God can take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. Verse 7, And when I walk into the thick of trouble... You know, though I walk in this 23rd Psalm, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I always 
interpret, and, and there's an interpret the psalm as being, you know, someone dying. But I look at it as, as, as a psalm in which we are transitioning. The shadow of death is we are leaving one relationship. You know, someone has died, someone has perished, leaving one lifestyle, leaving something behind, and we are transitioning to a new life, a new, a new place, a new relationship with God. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the things I grieve, the things I have lost, the things I, that have been taken from me, I go through there to where? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. His rod and staff, his protection and his guidance. The, the rod, the club, the staff, the guidance of God. Thy rod and thy staff, they will comfort me. God's word will bring comfort to my soul. God's word will bring comfort to my mind and my heart. He is going to protect me. He is going to guide me. And he will guide me where? He will guide me to the new pastures. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow. It's not death. It's the shadow of death. Of loss. Of change. And I will trust God to guide me. For God is with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. This is the horseshoe-shaped corral, remember? That the shepherd will take his sheep into. And he will allow each sheep to pass through the narrow gate. And he will check each of the lambs, each of the sheep, for wounds and bruises. And he will pour his oil upon them. He will anoint our head with oil, my cup runneth over. Where? In the presence of mine enemies. God will anoint our head with oil. God's oil of blessing in his spirit. Thou will anoint my head with oil. You will anoint me. Just as Samuel anointed David to be king of Israel, God anoints us for our life and for, the, for that which is ahead of us. When I walk into the thick darkness of trouble, I keep, keep me alive in the angry turmoil. God, keep me alive. With one hand, strike my foes. God, take care of those who are my foes and my enemies. And with your other hand, save me. I am in the midst of the, of, of the foes, of the enemies of my soul. And when I am in this fight, in this valley of decision, in this valley of change, I'm, those who are arguing against me, as it were, those valley of shadows is where the robbers stood and stayed to prey upon the shepherd and, and the sheep. In that valley, I will not be afraid because I trust in God. God, you have the final say. You are the Lord of the impossible. We pray that you will move the immovable. You will break the unbreakable. We believe for it. And I will praise you with my whole heart. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, the hills where God is, and he will, he will come to me and he will give me his strength. Verse 8, finish what you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. Finish what you've started in me. 
Your mercy, O God, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. You who have begun a good work in me, God, will complete it. That is your promise. That is your stamp. You will complete the work you've started in me before you return. Before I die, before I reach the end of my life, you will accomplish the work for which you have created me. You will stretch out your hand. You will put forth your almighty power against the wrath of mine enemies. Lord, you will perfect that which concerns me. You will finish that great work that you have begun. God, we believe for it. There is power in your name, and we speak your name over our lives. In Jesus' name, we believe that things can change, that evil has to flee, that God will work a work in us as we confess our sins and our failures to him. He is the one who will move the unmovable. He is the one from which the impossible will flee. There is miracles in his plan and purpose for our life. We must believe because we know that God has said it and we know that we have received it and we know that the Holy Spirit has put that stamp upon our life and we have been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit and God will guide us into all truth. God said it and it shall be done. God said it and I receive it. God said it and it will be accomplished not because of my power, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit. For you see, God is faithful to his promise. He is faithful to his promise. And why is it that everything within me is saying that we receive and we will speak of his faithfulness and be thankful? Because he is faithful. God is faithful. He is faithful to the promise he has placed in our heart. Nothing can stop his word from taking effect in our lives. Only me. I'm the only one who can stop God from working in my life. So God, as I bring my life into your presence, I ask for your Holy Spirit. I ask for the guidance of your spirit and of your word to be upon us that what we pray and what we ask for and the decisions of our life and the direction of our life, God, you will guide us. May I know the difference between my thoughts, your thoughts, and the enemy's desire to destroy. Let me rest in peace for who you are and I will be thankful. I will be thankful. My whole life My life, my being, my all will say thank you, God, for what you have done. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit to touch us in a special way that we might be thankful to you for your goodness and glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mercies are renewed every morning. Amen. Great is his faithfulness to us. And that's why the psalmist could say, everything in me says thank you. Everything in me says thank you. Because nothing is beyond his power. Nothing is impossible. So we trust. We go forward believing and 
Lord, help me to receive in Jesus' name. Amen? God bless you. Great is thy faithfulness.